0: No, no,
1: no,
0: Everybody, this is La Patty Ball back here after a couple week break from the, the pod here. I have no idea what episode I'm on. I don't really care. Just another episode. But well, it's not just another episode, actually. I shouldn't say that. I have a fantastic guest today. I cannot remember the last time I saw you, dude. I It's, it's good to see you again, though. Do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yes. Yeah, so my name is Martin Jensen. I am down here in Southern California living my best life going to college, kind of just being a normal student. I'm working with some student-athletes, working with the volleyball team, basketball team, uh, doing all kinds of stuff down here. But, yeah, I, uh, so I'm say i not going to say I know the episode number, but I am well heard <laughs> that I am just another episode.
0: No, you're not. You're not. its it, It's been a while since I've gotten to talk to you, so it's so an exciting episode. I, I
1: actually went to uh, high school in the same town as La Patty Ball, the legend uh i went to summit high school in bend oregon he went to ben senior high school Uh, so that's kind of how we met and then last time i seen you was actually uh when you were working at that food cart and i was doing some DoorDash. you know we were working our quarantine job so i came picked up and i was yo la petty ball that was just around the time when you started the uh the podcast so i said what's up and i was like get me on the show so here we are
0: here we are, only like six months after that, but better late than never. Hey,
1: hey, better late than never, always.
0: So I know we had we had a planned starting topic, but I'm actually curious now. So what do you do down there at, at your university with the student-athletes?
1: So I'm curious, like, what's okay. specifically- So Sorry, I had to cut you off. My bad. Uh, I am working, so I go to Cal State San Marcos, Cal State University, uh, San Marcos so it's right in between LA and San Diego so I've spent uh, like I've been down here for like 2 months of summer before school started so I've been hanging out with uh, my uncle in LA I go down to San Diego sometimes so I'm kind of just in a nice location where I can go to two like really nice cities actually I want to call LA a really nice city but like two <laughs> activity filled cities okay uh and what I do here is uh I'm a so just starting this year. I'm gonna start being a male practice player for the girls basketball team, a uh, team manager for them as well. I'm gonna be working behind the desk at games, trying to do some announcing, commentating, stat sheet recording, just anything like that. And then uh, last year I was working with the girls volleyball team. So shout out my girls on the volleyball team. Uh, got made a lot of friends on there, but I'm not working with them this year. So we just on to the next thing. And the next semester, hopefully, working with softball trying to learn softball, because I particularly hate baseball. I know I'm a big sports guy. I'm sure you're a big sports guy, but I cannot watch baseball. So hopefully by learning softball, I'll be able to, you know, learn to love it, just like how I did with volleyball, like I never watched volleyball. And then once I got into it, like, I really love it. It's probably my favorite sport to watch, like, live. Basketball is is cool, too, mainly because I know what's happening, but volleyball is just so action-packed especially when it's like good people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, we we just had uh, two home openers this weekend, so I was there. I was loud as hell. I'm uh, doing my thing in the stands, you know what there I'm saying? Go. But, uh, yeah, I really like volleyball. But uh, I'm really just trying to, like, work with women's sports. I think women's sports is such an underrated thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I feel like it's, it's going to be – on the come up, you know, it is on the come up right now, but I feel like it's just not at its like peak yet. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm big on basketball. I coach women's basketball. So I'm really just trying to like uh, expand my knowledge in the women's sports world and get experience. Cause that's what I want to do later in life.
0: Okay. Dang. Uh, now I have, I actually have quite a few questions for <laughs> now, just based on all of that. Um, where, where exactly do you coach women's basketball at? Are you like a youth coach right now?
1: So I was doing, when I was in Oregon, uh, it was one of my five many jobs, four many jobs I had. Uh, Oh, wow. uh, So when you saw me door dashing that one day, that was, you know, one of the the many things I was doing. But I was just kind of like, I took uh, my Rona year. I just took a gap year. Since I'm not a student athlete, I wasn't like uh, getting pressured into playing, even though uh, our school is a public school in California. Uh So um, California was pretty shut down. So they did not have a a season. So I wasn't under the pressure of like being a student athlete, take my money and still go to school. So I just said, I'm not going to spend any money on, on school. I'm just going to take a gap year and uh, make money. So uh, over my gap year, I uh, coached girls basketball in Oregon. Um, I worked with girls from seventh grade. I had my own team of seventh grade girls, and then I was the assistant coach for the 17U, which is 17 and under. Um, and then uh, assistant with a 16U team as well. So, um, in terms of you and I's high school, like I, I know a lot of like Central Oregon uh, girls basketball, like high school basketball, also youth basketball. Um, when I moved down here, I haven't done anything uh, coaching wise besides like being a manager for the school, but nothing like youth sports. I also, uh, one of my jobs was I was doing kids camps, kids sports camps with like 150, 200 kids. That is not like there's there's good parts of youth sports. That is not one of the good parts of youth <laughs> sports like that is that is the I don't wish like coaching youth camps on anyone like that is living hell. Um, yeah, I worked as a, a host for a restaurant. I did uh, tutoring. I tutored a kid uh, in seventh grade and then I worked in a uh, what is it? golf course. I worked at a golf course doing course maintenance. So I did a lot of stuff wow. over, over the gap year, but uh, it kind of helped me figure out what I liked and what I didn't like and what I can do and what I can't.
0: OK, so I know a lot of like, like obviously, I, I think the gap year is just becoming more of a uh, like more people are doing it nowadays than like, I don't know, 20 years ago. Um, but for some people who are on the fence about doing a gap year or not, do you think yours is worth it?
1: Oh, 100 percent. Now, I also believe that taking a gap year, you should travel. I didn't do any traveling because of the circumstances, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. uh, if I could have traveled, I definitely would have um and that would have just made it even better but the the fact that i didn't travel and i just worked the uh i i felt like i made a lot of self-progress but at the same time like i didn't have any socialization you know what i mean like with my parents being like super locked down they were like no we're not we're not going outside we're not doing none of that the only thing i could do was work like they said if you're not getting money you shouldn't be doing it you know what i'm saying so like Uh anytime i was hanging out with friends they didn't like it but uh anytime i was like working a job they were fine with it so The only way out the house was to work. So I didn't really like socialize with anyone. All my friends left for college, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you went to Oregon, right? Like everyone like left. And so uh, with those two combining, uh, I had just like nobody in band for me. So I just did my own thing, like made money and then really just play video games. You feel me? I'm a big gamer. Okay. Uh, I I spent a lot of time just like, I don't really like watching TV either so whenever people say like i binge watch things for like three days straight and then people are like oh that's normal but whenever i say i play video games for four hours everyone's like oh what the hell you know i
0: I know right yeah i don't get the hate around video games like i'm not i'm not a big watching things guy either like Mm -hmm. i i love to play video games and listen to music and like everybody's just like oh you're just wasting time it's like well isn't t- watching TV just the same waste of time?
1: It's the insane. amount of waste of time in uh, in everyone's daily life is insane. And people just laugh when it's like video games. But, like, people spend hours on TikToks. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: <laughs> I know. I know. It's the same shit. It's the same shit. You can also curse on here if you like. I forgot to mention that.
1: So- oh, did I curse?
0: No, no, no. I just um, did. So I'm just oh. saying. You can't. Yeah, yeah. If if you so feel the desire. Um, I was also gonna say I was actually in Bend all year, so we definitely oh, should right. have done something, but
1: sure we should have done a podcast? I that's know. What we should have done. I oh, know okay, all right. <laughs> next <laughs> but next time this happens,
0: next time, <laughs> next time there is a global pandemic, yeah. we are gonna do a podcast.
1: We'll link up for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, ha- speaking of, have you ever done a podcast before? You you seem like very natural at it, like you seem I have. very good at it
1: oh shit i cut you off again. no no
0: it's okay zoom does that don't feel bad
1: um i did i did a podcast with one of the people on uh the men's basketball team down here um we did a a sports podcast we we did like three episodes probably 50 or sorry three episodes three seasons probably like 50 episodes um in total and we had we had some really cool people on there we had um you know, Ime Udoka, he just got hired as the Celtics head coach. We had his sister, who was in the WNBA, coaches in wow, okay. uh, the Nigerian national team, who I think got bronze this year, something like that. Um, Dang. We had Mfana Udoka. That's her, her real name. She played with Candace Parker on the Sparks. She's She was uh, honestly really awesome. She went to high school with my dad, so that's kind of how I got the connect for that. But... Um, yeah we had some really cool uh guests on there like some people that you wouldn't really expect are really good speakers are because we had mainly athletes mm-hmm. obviously like there's going to be some people who like surprise you but like pretty much every single episode we had like i felt like it was a really good speaker like every athlete was a really good speaker so i feel like that really speaks to some of the people here at cal state but like one of the dudes we had on uh, his name was alex Gil fernandez like we had them on like three times, two times or something like that. Every time it was just like, wow, this guy's, this guy's great. You know what I mean? Like some people just don't look like the greatest speakers, but they're really good on podcasts.
0: No, I a hundred percent agree. But that, that I, I actually do remember you doing that. Now that you say that, I remember you posting about it, but oh, I
1: posted about it all the time. I posted it every single episode. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, you're you're, you're I, I had no I totally forgotten about that beforehand. And then you just started talking. And I was like, oh, shit. OK, Marty, Marty knows what's up on a podcast <laughs> right now. Damn, because I don't know. Some people just come on and like they just they get a little nervous sometimes and they they don't talk. Suit so they don't talk a lot. But hey, hey, I'm not
1: going to lie. So I used I used to listen to your podcast literally like every time you drop. Like so my parents had a hot tub. And so Uh I was, I was in the hot tub, bro. I just remember I was chilling, listening, listening. I stopped listening after this really bad guess you had. I'm not going to lie. This really bad guess, hold on. I'm trying to pull it up Uh, on (laughs) the, dude, it was bad. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't listen, bro. It was, (laughs) it was terrible. I can't find it, but it was like this rapper.
0: Oh, that's who I was thinking. Yeah, it was like this rapper from like
1: Brooklyn. I don't, i'm not trying to like start beef but like that was like the worst podcast like maybe that guy's a good rapper but he is not a good project podcast guest and i stopped listening i was like i can't
0: yeah yeah that was i i I know I that was when you said that i was like i think i know what he's talking about and yeah that was i i don't know because he he's actually from bend and he's a rapper oh, okay. and he's not very good but i was i mean he's all right but mm-hmm. i i had had him on and it was like he it seemed like he didn't want to be there so i it it's, it's it did. you could hear it he was doing it in like a car with like three other people <laughs> and like he just wasn't even paying attention half the time and i was like i don't know yeah. it was a bummer but you know i appreciate you still listening to some of them like that that's that's pretty swag of you not a lot yeah, of people yeah. do so or some people do
1: yeah but no it's definitely a it's definitely <laughs> a struggle cuz uh, that's kind of how we went we went out like super hot and then uh, we just like we stopped getting views and it was just like it's hard, you know, to keep that motivation. So it's it's dope that you're still doing it. Um, but yeah, we struggle with it for sure. Uh, we we actually been meaning to get it back on it. So if we get back on that, you know, go check us out. Jason Jensen, uh morning sports show. We we might we might pop out on that again, but uh definitely some podcasting in the future for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll be I'll make sure to check that out of course once you if if and when you get it back rolling um but yeah man i that's that's actually all the questions i had for you about that stuff you said in your intro i think mm. yeah um so now did you want to move into or did you have anything else on those subjects that i sh- first of all that i should ask
1: no nah, no nah, we'll get into it let me uh let me let me start out with some basketball though this is like cuz this is like the sports part we're both sports fans like Let's talk some basketball. So, I am a really big Grizzlies fan. I don't know if you can see back here. Both these posters right here are John Morant. Okay. Just back-to-back. The nightstand is just filled with John Morant. We got (laughs) Dr. J right there, but I just like that one because it's a cool poster. So, Uh John Morant fans here. Uh, Memphis fans first. First off. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought John Morant was a bust. Really? When we drafted him, I was like – Oh hell no! But <laughs> I watched him at Murray State, and I was like, "All right, he can jump, so maybe he'll be like super excited. So I was like somewhat hopeful, but I did think like I was like, "Ah, right, he's he's too light, you know, he's gonna get pushed mm-hmm. around. Uh, he's not gonna make it to the NBA game." But I was like, he's gonna dunk, so he's gonna sell tickets. So that's always good for the franchise." You know what I'm saying? But no, there you go. Uh, yeah, Grizzlies. The it's a little tough. It's a little tough to argue for the Grizzlies right now because I'm trying. I'm trying to convince myself that we are a playoff contending team. Now, the only issue is, is that in the West, the Warriors are back. That's my only issue. Like, I feel like Klay Thompson and Seth Curry is just going to be so crazy. And I know it's not going to be the the whatever 70-win team that they were. Uh-huh. Uh, but Draymond was shooting literally 40% when they were a seventy win, 69-win t- team. Mm-hmm. Win That's ten, not happening win. again. He's he's not the same shooter he was, right? So obviously this is a little different, but they are still a playoff contending team. Like they were the first seed when they were doing that. When mm-hmm. they had clay and they had curry and they had Draymond playing out of his mind. Draymond is not. I'm a big, I'm a I'm a hater, honestly. I don't think Draymond is good. I think he's like a good, he's in a good system, he's in a good situation. But I think people would look at him differently if he's in a different uniform. Now, if the Warriors are like great then we're in trouble. We're in trouble. But I do think we can contend. I do think we can contend with the Warriors. So last year, the playoff standings, I'm going to go one through eight real quick. Utah, Phoenix, Denver, LA, Dallas, Portland, Lakers, Grizzlies. The Warriors missed the playoffs or missed the playoffs by the playing game and the Spurs were terrible in the playoff game, yeah, against the grizzlies. So, we just we wiped. So, literally, everyone else not in the playoffs, I, I don't see as a threat. I don't see as a threat. Uh, the Spurs, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Timberwolves, the Thunder, and the Houston Rockets. So, the Kings, I gotta say, Jason McCain, that's the dude I used to do with the podcast with. Um, he's a great guy, but the Kings are just not good. The Pelicans. Uh Zion already wants out and he's not even out of his rookie deal yet. The Timberwolves are trash besides Anthony Edwards. I think he could be something. Uh OKC and the Rockets had a good draft, right? They're still yeah, they're still
0: Yeah, in. yeah. I know it's okay. I know my team sucks. It's all right. I know they <laughs> suck. It's fine. I'm cool with it.
1: So so here's what I'm saying. It's really up to nine teams in the West. And I think that the Grizzlies are the worst team out of the nine. So that's where I'm like realistic. I know that we are not a great team and there are eight teams that are better than us. So our playoff chances are not that good, but, but big, but big, but if our young players develop, if Jaron Jackson jr. Who was out literally like 85% of the year, if he comes back and he can actually shoot the three, which is what he's known for. And he Uh can rim protect and grab rebounds, bro. We are not losing the first round. We are, we are not only making the playoffs, but we are winning the first round. I promise you. If Jaron Jackson is take. healthy, if he is playing his game, because we, we already know what John Moran is. Now, John Moran's going to get his shot. John Moran literally shot worse than he did this year. Like, his freshman year, freshman year, rookie year, he played, he played great. He played great. Honestly, he shot, like, high 30s. From three, he was, a, he was a beast. Came this year in the 20s on three, per, three point percentage. It was awful. I did not like what I saw from John Morant, but obviously he still got the playmaking and the unreal athleticism. Mm-hmm. John Moran's going to get his shot. Then we're going to be all right. Then people aren't going to be able to guard jaw. Now, the only issue is if Jaron's sucking from three point line. We do not make the playoffs. 100%. We do not make the playoffs. Jaron Jackson Jr. does not shoot the three-wheel. We will not make the playoffs. Now, let me get on to more Grizzlies, and let's talk about the uh, Valanchunas trade.
0: That's what I was going to ask you about. I'm curious to see what you think on this one.
1: I was a massive Valanchunas fan. What do you think about Valanchunas as a as a Rockets fan? You're not a Grizzly fan, so you don't have like the bias. But what do you uh, think about? I'm
0: that? actually a Thunder fan, so oh, no, um, no, no, you're good, you're good. Um, I obviously I have a soft spot for Stephen Adams because, like, I have a freaking Stephen Adams jersey hanging in my closet right now. Like, I I love that guy, but <laughs> I think Valanciunas is really underrated when it comes to centers in the NBA. I think he's a fantastic rebounder. He's probably one of the best rebounders in the NBA. I'd say at least top ten. Um, I I think he's really strong in that regard and. I mean, he averaged 17 a game last season. Like, he can score it better than Stephen Adams. I think he can rebound better than Stephen Adams. Uh, he can he can even shoot it a little bit. Like, I mean, I know he's not going to sit there and just fucking rain threes forever. But, like, I mean, he shoots 34% from three, or at least he did last season. So, uh, no way, that was Dylan Brooks. I just read the complete wrong number. He actually shot 36%, so even better than that. Um, but... I don't know. I think it's a bit of a downgrade. I'm going to be honest because like Steven Adams is great. His rebounding ability is fantastic. I mean, his, his rebounding numbers in Oklahoma city would have been so much better if Russell Westbrook was not there. We, we can all hundred percent agree on that. Um, but I, I'm just not the biggest fan, especially when you trade him for Val or Valanciunas for him. Cause I think Valanciunas is, I don't know if he'll do as well in new Orleans just because Zion likes to clog the paint. Um I, I'm not sure. I mean, at least he can, at least Valanciunas can shoot it more than Steven Adams did. So they can maybe put him on the, I don't know, put him on the wing and they don't have to just sit him in the paint the whole time. Like they do Steven Adams, but I, I think it's a downgrade.
1: What do you think of the move? So we traded Valanciunas, who was arguably not even to argue. I'm going to say it, he was our second best player last year on the Grizzlies. Second best player right behind John Moran. Jaron Jackson, as I said, didn't play most of the year. Mm-hmm. He was out uh bc brandon uh brandon clark he honestly took a step down from contending for uh first team all rookies first year and then second year he just kind of fell off the cliff uh everyone else was honestly like interchangeable valentinus was the only standout player besides john Morant. Mm-hmm. Del- honestly you can have your take on dylan brooks i'm personally not a fan even though i'm really? from oregon and he's on my team Everyone's like, oh, he's the heart, soul of the Grizzlies. I honestly don't like him. He just can't play in playoff games. He just gets fouled out. Donovan Mitchell babied him. Like, he he's good against bad people, but against, like, the best, he just fouls out. Like, you can say all you want. Like, you can say he's a great defender against Steph Curry, which he did a great job, but he played three quarters. You know what I mean? He got six fouls in three quarters. Uh-huh. That's just what he does. He's not good for the – he can't play in the fourth quarter, so he's not good at basketball. That's my thing. <laughs> All right. That was my Dylan Brooks. Show. I'm not going to yeah. go crazy on him, but uh, I will say Valanchunas, we traded for Steven Adams. So a downgrade at center, major downgrade at center. Cause as uh-huh. you say, Valanchunas was averaging 17 and he was doing it from mid range. He was sometimes hitting from three and he was dominating the paint. right? Mm-hmm. Steven Adams can only do that last one. That's dominate the paint. He can't do anything else. He's proven his entire career. He can't do anything else. So why would we give up offensive versatility when they both do the same thing on defense and on mm-hmm. the courts? I believe that they're equal rebounders. Valanchunas bullies your favorite bully. He babies your favorite child. You know what I mean? Like he literally, like against AD, he put up a fight. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Steven Adams, I don't see Steven Adams put up a fight, especially offensively. So we're talking about a serious downgrade on offense, which is what we learned in the playoffs this year is what you need to get out of a, out of a series, right? You need – Everyone to be able to shoot three, you need everyone to Uh be able to move the rock, you know, be offensively viable. Or else, If you're playing four on five in the playoffs, you're going to get bounced like that's just what we learned in the past two years. So we lose offensive versatility at the center spot. We also bring in not only Steven Adams salary cap of twenty seven million, but we bring in Eric Bledsoe's max contract as well. Twenty seven extra million. That's only going to keep going up as he plays more years. So we're talking about two near thirty million players, thirty million dollars players, and an upgraded draft pick. So we gave up our draft pick, the seventeenth, and we got the tenth in the first round. So we move up seven picks to bring on sixty million dollars. Lose a actually good contract. He had eleven million dollars on his contract. Damn. Send him wow. to New Orleans. So we're down fifty million, and we upgraded seven spots in the draft. How does that help us out? so let's talk let's talk let's talk we get Zaire williams which i thought we were going to flip the pick i thought we were flipping the pick flipping Bledsoe for Zaire. for uh i thought we were going to move up to like maybe fourth maybe third you know just Uh something for a viable pick i believe this draft class is a five person uh class and everyone else is in. i do like uh what's the name uh Dude, who just won the national championship. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell's little twin, who's not actually his little twin. Yeah, I can't. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do like him. But everyone else, I think he's trash. I think our pick was terrible. I think uh, we have way too many good basketball players and not enough great basketball players. We have one great basketball player. We have John Moran. Everyone else is a good basketball player. We have literally 15 people. Let me read you the roster. Let me read you the roster. These could actually be like any one of these people could actually be a starter tomorrow. Like if they said the starting lineup, let me bring it up. Let me bring it up. So, all right, here's, here's what the starting lineup is going to be. And then I'll give you how many bench players like viable bench players we have. Okay. So we have John Morant, right? Easy. Mm -hmm. Probably Dylan Brooks playing next to him. Kyle Anderson at the three. And then we're probably rocking with Steven Adams. I hope not. I hope he gets traded, but we're probably rocking with him. And then we're rocking with Jaron Jackson. Those are our five. So those are five all right, like, basketball players. We got John Morant and Jaron and Uh Dylan Brooks, I guess, is, like, the offense for that. So off the bench, we can play Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark, Jarrett Culver, Chris Dunn, Tyus Jones, uh, D'Anthony Melton, Xavier Tillman, Zaire Williams. We have eight people on our bench who are actually like viable options to play basketball. Now, we also have a couple maybes, a couple like, yeah, they're pretty good role players. We have Chris Edwards, or sorry, Carson Edwards. Uh-huh. Uh, who else? Who else we got? Uh, yeah, Yvesi Pons, who just threw down like eight dunks a game in the summer league. That's all I did uh john contrar who just splashes threes he'll just come in two minutes again splash one three that's all he does so we have 11 total people outside of our starting five that can play basketball and we have we've we've seen we've seen in playoffs times and time again i'm not even saying like recency or anything we've seen all throughout history depth does not win you championships Mm -hmm. right we talk about strength and numbers with the warriors we're talking about Steph Curry, who is the greatest point guard on the planet, He's probably still is. Klay Thompson, who was a great three and D player. Like superb three, not a great three. Elite, like, yeah. The the three D three and D player in mm-hmm. any NBA history. Like literally just does everything you want. Draymond Green, right? Later they also had Kevin Durant, but I'm talking about just that three. Their bench was only eight deep they go to an 8 man roster in the playoffs. We have a 5 plus 11. We have five starters who are pretty pretty solid starters and then we have 11 guys on the bench who can actually play basketball. So uh-huh. there's no there's no depth there because we we're just over we're overflowing our depth rather than having great depth. We have just options. So, we're going to be a great regular season team. We're going to win a bunch of games because anytime John Morant wants to sit down, anytime Jaron wants to sit down, like we have the numbers to still play viable basketball. So, throughout the year, we're going to play good basketball. We're going to have a good record. When we get to the playoffs, that bench shrinks down to eight people. So, we play our five starters, and then you get like three bench players to come off the bench. Let's go back on that list. Let's see who those three are. That's probably going to be Desmond Bain who's a second-year 22-year-old who just shoots threes. I love him. I actually love him. 6'5", uh-huh. six, six, hit a dirty three in the Utah series when we won the first game without Donovan Mitchell, and then he came back to ruin my life. <laughs> Brandon Clark, who's unproven 24-year-old, coming into his third year, uh, had a really good rookie year, hasn't done anything since. And then uh, uh, De'Anthony Melton. So De'Anthony Melton, 3D and guy. I really like him personally, but like with our, like, we have three people who are like, eh, like they can kind of come off the bench. Uh They're kind of good for a playoff series, but they're nothing like, it's nothing crazy. Like we don't have like a Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench who's going to score 20. Like we have nobody of like that caliber who can come off the bench and actually provide for us. We just have a bunch of good to average bench players who could come in and win us a couple regular season games. We're not going to win any playoff games with this rust of have constructed construction right now.
0: No, I think that's a great, a great take because obviously, you know, so many people that depth is important and it's, it's good to have like the, you know, the Jordan Clarksons of the world or the way throwback Lou Williams of the world, not, not Lou Williams now as much, but you know um, but like those guys are not those guys, all those guys that you just read, like you cannot play all 11 of those in a playoff series. Like, come on now, like, the Warriors can get away. They like when they had Kevin Durant, they could just sign anyone on a veteran minimum and just be like, all right. Yeah. You come in now. Okay. David West, like you're your, it's your last season. Why don't you just come in the game? Um But I, I, I think I'm I'm curious though, to see what would you have them? Like, cause I mean, obviously they have a, it seems like they have a, a few good trade pieces there because I mean, you could, you could trade two or three of those bench guys for like two or the three of those average bench guys for maybe you, good a decent starter um so i'm curious what what do you want the, the grizzlies to do what do you think can get them to the next next level of f- going from a fringe playoff team to a a, a, a pro a, an official I, i'd say they'll make the play in. there's no way they don't um a play-in team to like a playoff maybe not even a lock really close to a lock what do you think pushes them to the next level
1: so we i i'm a believer that we already messed up we already effed it up like This was our this was our offseason to do something great. One thing I did not want to happen was Kyle Anderson or uh, Kyle Anderson. I didn't want these four players to go. Kyle Anderson, uh, Valanchunas, John Morant and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Everyone else was expendable to me. Uh-huh. Those four had to stay. They provided so much together that I felt like that was the core of Memphis. You could argue Dylan Brooks, but I felt like that was the core of Memphis going forward. Those were the untradable pieces. Then we trade away one of those untradable pieces for very tradable pieces. So when we get Eric Bledsoe and we get an upgraded pick, that's when we have our opportunity to make a move that's when we have an opportunity to say, Hey, we have eight guys on our bench who we're not going to play eight guys off the bench so we can get rid of them. So one of the guys I kind of wanted to get rid of, but like would feel bad also getting rid of him at the same time. I wanted to get rid of Brandon Clark. I felt like this was the time to sell on him uh, Mm kind of like a stock. Like I just felt like he was just at his peak and we're not going to get anything greater than him. If Uh we're talking 2k overalls, he's, I'd give him like a 78 overall. Like that's going to be what his max is. So I felt like he's at that point. And this is the point where we should have sold him. So it should have been what should have happened was if we're gonna set if we're gonna sell on uh because I'm not gonna say, like, oh, we should have never traded Valentinus. We traded Valentinus. That's just what happened. Front office was like, this is the decision that needs to be made. It was our first move. So they had that plan. Valentinus goes. We bring in Steven Adams, we bring in Bledsoe. we bring in an upgraded pick. I say we sell that upgraded pick. We sell Brandon Clark and we sell Eric Bledsoe and we try to get an upgraded pick. We try to get a fifth fifth overall pick. That could have been Scotty Barnes. We could have Scotty Barnes on our bench right now coming out of uh Florida State. Great defensive player, not as good offensively, but still has potential uh-huh. because you can work on offense. He's just naturally great at defense. He's six nine, he's got massive wingspan, plays as, like literally was locking everyone up, strip Kid Cunningham in a in a summer league game. Like this man, this man's real deal on defense. And given that, like we have John Moran. like we honestly had to build this team like the Warriors built uh Steph, built around Steph. Like, they know he can't play defense, so get him defense, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, get get him uh Jaron Jackson can play that defense, but he's not like locking you down on the perimeter. Draymond will lock you down on the perimeter. I, I felt like this Scotty Barnes. Would have been a great move for us. So that would have been number one. Number two is we needed DeMar DeRozan. No you question. You think so? I, wow. was, okay. I was, I mean, obviously we don't have the salary cap for it after bringing in Bledsoe, Adams. Uh-huh. We don't have the cap for it.
0: We needed
1: a actual veteran leader to come into because everyone's young on the Everyone's 26, 20 everyone's under 28. But... We needed someone to come in and say, hey, we're adding some veteran leadership. We're going to get through these playoffs together, this new vet. And he needs to just be able to take over the game for us when it's it's crunch time. Because obviously we've seen John Morant, not the greatest at that. He can do it, but he also Uh makes a lot of mistakes down the stretch. Maybe bringing in a vet would hurt John Morant because it wouldn't give him the experience that he needs to go through those, like, Trial and error type things, but I would have been a fan of having Demar Derozan on the team this year um, to kind of just show everyone um, kind of like his way of doing things. So we can learn from him and then leave him in like two years.
0: No, I I actually love that thought process. I think uh, Demar DeRozan's stock is at an all time low right now. I think this is it's time for us to buy into this because I think he is a very solid player. Uh, obviously, you know playoff playoff shortcomings to the side. Like I, I think it, it, a change of scenery would help him in that regard. Like, I mean, I know he, he, he did solid in San Antonio. He didn't like, I mean, that's just a really shit situation to be in where you're not quite rebuilding, but not quite a playoff contender. You are just in that really ugly middle ground and you're really old in that, and that, that San Antonio team was kind of old for a little bit. Um, so I love that thought process. I'm, I'm curious, though, where what would the shooting look like on the, on that team with with John Morant, who can shoot the three? But I wouldn't say super efficiently right now. Uh, Jaron Jackson, as you said, is a question mark. Stephen, if you with especially with Stephen Adams, who cannot shoot the three at all. Um, where does the shooting come from? Does it come from the bench? I mean, I know Dylan Brooks can stroke it sometimes.
1: So. You're talking about like the team that we have right now. We're not going go off on of my half.
0: I was going off of, I was going off kind of both. Cause okay. So okay. when your in your scenario, would you still have Valanchunas?
1: So obviously in my scenario, I have Valanchunas. I, I'm going to go off of post Valanchunas trace. Since it was like the first thing that we did in the off season, I'm saying like, there was like, I feel like front office had no way around it. I feel like they have some type of reason to be like, yeah, Valanchunas had to go because mm-hmm. i don't i don't see why he would go otherwise maybe that's just like the heart broke inside of me but like that's how that's how i actually feel about the situation so okay. i'll give you both answers i'll give you with my hypothetical and um in real life situations So i'll give you my real life situation right now so right now the shooting comes from dylan brooks which i'm really really like scared about like i almost, <laughs> just, threw, I almost just threw up in my mouth thinking about that uh so right now the shooting in the starting lineup is Dylan Burks and Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson actually became a great three-point shooter for us. Not, I'm not great, but like really efficient to the point where like you started having to guard him kind of like Draymond uh, was back in the day. Not anymore where you would like, you'd live with it, but at the same time, he burned you on it. Uh-huh. Um, in my perfect world for, for real life scenario, Steven Adams is not on the court in crunch time. i I'm talking like playoff basketball, Meaningful basketball when the score is, you know, through two-point game against the Lakers, you know what I mean? I don't think Steven Adams is on the court. Uh, maybe he just goes in for offense, defense, switchouts. outs. Uh, he only goes in for the defense um, to, to play against, you know, the eight L.A. bigs that they have. Uh, but the shooting really comes from, uh, like, off the bench. Like, the bench really does a good job of keeping us in games, and it's mainly because of our three-point shooting. So it's Desmond Bain. Uh, number one rookie three point shooter last year, uh, D'Anthony Melton hit like four for four in uh, in one of our uh, playing games. He was he was actually crazy. Okay. And then um, let's see, Tyus Jones can sometimes hit threes, but not really. Carson Edwards, we just got from Boston. Uh, he's he's pretty alright, but really, this the shooting is our biggest worry. That's why. Um we have so much depth of like so many people who like could be this and could be that that I don't think this lineup will be the lineup that we have going into the playoffs. I think we'll make some moves um before and during the season, uh before the trade deadline. But so in my scenario where we have Damar DeRozan and we have uh Scotty Barnes, those are not two shooters. Yeah, we would still need shooting, but but in both those scenarios, I do not want Steven Adams in the game to end, to to close out a game. He just doesn't provide anything on offense. Um I could see him going in offense, defense, switch, but other than that, like he's really not playing a uh, valuable minutes on the stretch in both scenarios. That's kind of what I just want to take out of that.
0: Okay. Of Steven Adams. I I mean, I as much as I love Steven Adams rebounding, like it I, it is hard to put him in a close game because yeah. like I don't know. He's not a great free throw shooter, so they could always just intentionally foul him, too. Like, he doesn't really add a ton. Um, Jaron Jackson at the 5, is that what you're probably thinking for those later lineups?
1: Yeah, and I'll explain that. So, Jaron Jackson is a 7-footer. I don't care if ESPN wants to listen at 6'11". He is a 7-footer. Go stand next to him. He is a (laughs) 7-footer. He is 240 and absolutely massive wingspan. You cannot get anything over him now. You do get to push them around. Now, when I'm talking about like the Lakers, they have like four bigs and Anthony Davis uh-huh. and LeBron James. You're gonna need to play a little bit bigger. So I understand. But like in situations where you're not going against that, like say we're going against the Rockets, who have Christian Wood as their center. Jaron Jackson can absolutely dominate that game at, at the five. There's no question about it. He's uh Christian Wood's six nine, so he's already got the height on him. And and he's just as much as of a twig. So in lineups where there is softball, softball, small ball around the, around the league, Jaron Jackson can perfectly fit as a five. We can put Kyle Anderson at the four, like he played uh, most of the year without Jaron Jackson there alongside uh, Valanchunas. Now we would like a little rebounding. I'm not going to lie. Jaron Jackson is not the greatest rebounder. He's not the greatest boxer outer. Um, uh-huh. That's, that's why uh, Valanchunas was so great for us, but Steven Adams can provide some of that whenever they have another big center, but I don't see uh, Steven Adams playing up, playing like the valuable minutes that Valanchunas was when uh. he was with us. Because Valanchunas would just play whatever lineup you had, you're going to have to deal with Valanchunas. Now I feel like it's going to be uh, if you're going sm- small ball, we have Jaron Jackson, which I think is one of the best small ball uh, bigs in the game. Like I don't see a lot who can do more versatile things than Jaron Jackson, but uh last year it was like valentunas is on the court you're gonna have to deal with him this year i hope it's gonna be hey what do you got okay we'll play steven Adams. hey you're going small ball we're playing jerry jackson
0: okay i I like the switchability there i mean obviously it's it's not as nice as having valentunas where you can just be like all right we're gonna play him because he can shoot and he can rebound and he can bring a ton offensively and defensively so but um My last my last question for you is about the Grizzlies, at least, is how um, because I want I want to get your thoughts with some of the other teams in the NBA. Um, What do you think John Morant's ceiling is? Same question for Jaron Jackson, too. What do you think their ceiling is? Because obviously John Morant is really good at a lot of things and he's going to continue to get better. at A lot of things, but I'm really interested to see how he progresses with his shooting, because I, I mean, I was looking at, he shot like 30% from three this year. Like it was, it was not great. Um, so I'm curious, how do you think both of those guys are going to progress?
1: and so where do you see the ceiling for both of those guys? So there's a, there's a saying that I really like is nobody loves or nobody knows their, uh, sports teams besides the most loyal fans. And, uh, I really like that question because it's like, yeah, like people are like, oh, Jaron Jackson. Like, there was a lot of hype around him being the fourth pick, going after Trey Young, going after Luca. Like, oh, man, this dude, this dude's a seven footer who can shoot threes and he can block shots, like average two blocks a game in college while uh-huh. also hitting like three threes a game. Uh, so, Jaron, I'll start with Jaron. Jaron's ceiling is however his shooting takes him because literally just being 6'11 and being able to shoot the ball. Is where, like, whatever clip you get at, you could either be a better mobile, uh, defensive Dirk. No, I'm not gonna say Dirk, I'm gonna say KG, even though KG didn't really shoot a lot of threes. People get that mistaken. 2K gets that mistaken too. They be giving that man like an 89-3. That man did not shoot a lot of threes, he, <laughs> he shot mid-range, he shot mid-range, uh-huh, but he did not shoot. I know threes. Darren would be the opposite, Darren would not shoot mid-range. I've never seen him take a mid-range. And he was just – he would be a really nice player because he could fit on the court and play defense, like, anywhere. He could play one through five. Like, I've seen him lock up point guards because he's so long. Like, you get by him, you didn't uh-huh. really get by him. He, he can still swatch you. Mm-hmm. So, defensively, I feel like he's – you know, hes he's got some ways to go. He needs to bulk up. He needs to uh, not be able to just be pushed around by, you know, Raquan Ra- Ra- Holmes. It's like, bro, come on. Really? I know it's Rashawn Holmes, but I like calling him Raquan Holmes. Uh, but his his potential is based off of – he's going to get stronger. He's going to get more used to the contact in the NBA. So I feel like his defense is going to get better. Like, like uh-huh. that's just what's going to happen. He's already good defensively. Like, that's why we drafted him. Offensively, it's how well he can shoot the three ball. If he can shoot the three ball at 40%, stand in the corner, he can play all day because, as we're seeing in playoffs – Look, P.J. Tucker can buy any shoe he wants to on the planet because he mm-hmm. just can sit in the corner, but he can also play one through five on defense. So Jaron's going to be one of those guys, it's like if you don't learn how to shoot, we lost. Like, you're a bust. If you learn how to shoot, you're going to be good. John Morant now. Don't even get me started. John, Morant, John Morant is going to be an MVP, no doubt. John Morant is going to be better than Dame Lillard. Really? John Morant is going to be better than not Steph Curry, but I, I can see John Morant cracking like top 10 NBA point guards. he maybe get close to seven. He's not going to get like up there. You know, he could, he could compare something with Chris Paul. You can, you can see that. But other than that, like John Morant, the only thing with John Morant is that uh, he just can't shoot. And that's hurting his confidence. That's hurting his like playability on offense. Like he just he can't go downhill on you because you just give him so much space. And he's not like Giannis, where if you give him space and momentum, they start going downhill. He'll just push you out of the way and dunk on you. He's a little bit smaller. He's 6'3". He is not seven foot like Giannis. Mm-hmm. He uh, hasn't hit the gym like Giannis did in whatever 2013 offseason where he just put on like 80 pounds of pure muscle. Mm hmm. So I, I don't think that's realistic because that has literally happened like once in uh, human history. A man goes from 6'11 playing in Syria to to dunking on Chris Paul <laughs> off, off alley-oops jumping from the free-throw line. I don't think that's going to happen again. Uh-huh. So I'm not going to predict it. But I will say John Morant gets a three. Uh, it's really going to be unguardable because uh, once, like, I don't think people realize, like, John Morant is not your favorite player. Like, if anyone says John Morant is my favorite player, it's not because like he just dunks. You know what I mean? It's not just because uh, he he does like these flashy fests. It's because like the person he is, and there's nothing you could change about that. Like John Morant thinks he's the best point guard in the NBA right now, so that's why I think he will be an MVP. Like he's gonna progress. He didn't. He honestly didn't even play that much. Like his life. Like this mm-hmm. man, if you if you know like the John Morant story, like dude was like barely playing in high, like not barely playing in high school, but not playing like great basketball in high uh-huh. school. He was a two star, or he was a no star, and then he got into college and was a eh, just two star point guard first year, second year just takes off and then blows up in March Madness. I took I took uh, Murray State. Three rounds. They only made oh. it two. They only made it two. But <laughs> I was like, I was like watching them. I was like, wow, this guy can really jump. Like, I feel like he can do something. Obviously, it was a it was a dumb pick to take him three rounds. But I mean, they made it. They made it past two rounds. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And then they, uh, then they got absolutely whooped by uh, Marquette or something like that. Yeah, so, someone just whooped them and took them out. But uh, yeah, John Marrett. Like, if this. Just look up, like, John Morant missed dunks. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude tried to jump over Kevin mm-hmm. Kevin Love. He was, like, a foot in front of the free throw line. Tried to do the splits over Kevin Love taking a charge way out the restricted zone. And uh, he just missed it. Got got the foul call. Tried to dunk on Anthony Davis, like, three games later. Uh, <laughs> that, that didn't go too well either. But it's, like, dude's going to start learning. Like, that's uh-huh. that's that's my main thing. It's, like is like the dude doesn't even care. He's he's just gonna jump with anyone. He thinks he's the best. And once he gets that shot down, like you're not gonna be able to tell him he's not the best player in the world. And I truly believe he believes that. And if he believes that, then he's got the whole city of Memphis behind him.
0: I love the optimism. I don't know if he'll be MVP level, but I think he's going to progress to be very like first team all NBA level. I think because I don't know, sometimes MVPs are so hard to like, sometimes it, just the circumstances have to go perfectly well. And like, I don't know, but I think, I think first team all NBA is where I see him in a, a, an all time point guard. I don't know if I'd say top 10, but I think he's going to be, he's going to be fantastic. And I think another thing that'll be interesting to watch is like, I know the obvious comparison here is Russell Westbrook. We've heard it a bunch, but like neither of them can really shoot. And Russell Westbrook kind of got away with it. Um, But the era is the basketball is still kind of changing. I mean, even when Russell Westbrook won his MVP, like shooting was really, really popular. Like shooting was, I don't know, you had the Warriors who were the a freaking major jump shooting team. And they were just steamrolling everyone. And I feel like it's going to continue to move that way more and more. So it'll be interesting to see how John Morant's game progresses. If the game continues trending in the, the direction it does. So,
1: No doubt. No doubt. Let me, um, before, cause I want to, I want to move on off the Grizzlies. i been, <laughs> this is just a Grizzlies podcast at this point, <laughs> but um, one thing I want to say about the John Morant, Russell Westbrook is that Nobody can tell Russell Westbrook he's not the best shooter in the gym. Like, no matter what gym, he could be in the gym with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Ray Allen, and Reggie Miller, and he'd say, I'm winning the three-point contest. Like, nobody can tell that dude anything. Like, he wears a white dress, uh, you know, not even at the Met Gala, you know? Like, uh. he's, he's just wearing that as regular fashion. Nobody can tell him he's not the, the dopest dude on the planet, right? So the fact that he got away with it is because his man was still shooting 10 threes a game. Like, he did not care if you were guarding him, if you weren't guarding him. He was – whatever Russell Westbrook wants to do, he's going to do it. John Morant is a little different. John Morant doesn't have the shooting yet, so he's just saying, all right, I'm just going to, like, drive on you, and then, you know, a couple games I'm going to blow up and hit three threes, and it's going to blow up your whole game, plan, right? Mm -hmm. Once John Morant gets the confidence, he is actually going to make threes. Like, with – like, Russell Westbrook has had the confidence. He just can't make the three. When John Morant doesn't have the confidence and he's making threes right now. So when John Morant gets that confidence and he starts making, making, you know, two a game, once it's just consistently game in game out, like it's a part of his game, Uh the three point shot, it's going to be over. Like, there's no way to guard him because you're going to have to play up on him. And once you play up on him, we're just going to see John Morant's efficiency go way up. He's going to drive and he's just going to like things are just going to open up for him. So, um, I do want to move on though. And I kind of just want to talk about the NFL. Are you down to talk of about course. some NFL? Yeah, dude. So, we two is going on right now. And uh, before this podcast, I was watching Red Zone. Uh-huh. I, see, I have a take on football. So if you don't know what red zone is, red zone is just um, this guy. He pretty much just flips through the channels for you. And if at 10 o'clock Pacific time, uh, we get nine games of football, just all in one. So I watch red zone because it's literally like nine games of football. And it's just a guy flipping the channel for me. So I get to lay there like a lazy piece of for, you know, five hours. I don't really like watching the night games, but so here's my thing. Like, I only watch football these days because I play fantasy football and because red zone exists. If red zone did not exist, I would not be a football fan anymore. Football is not like a a fun sport to watch. That's not in person. And now this is a big asterisk because in person, like if you've seen the Penn state posts, bro, Ohio state, like Oregon, bro, college football is alive and college football is back. But, on the screen like i just can't watch a full football game that's like my it's so hard to get through i know i don't like watching like movies or like tv shows like i don't like just like the act of just sitting and watching i have to be interacting with something if i'm going to enjoy it but Uh football over the years has just lost like some touch to me like the game feels worse like It feels like, you know, like the Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu era is just over where you could just smack a dude, and that was the best part of the football game. Like, Uh seeing someone just absolutely getting clapped across the middle of the field because the quarterback (laughs) made a bad throw, like, yeah, like, I understand it's really bad for the game. Uh Seeing, like, star receivers, like when Antonio Brown went down in the playoffs to Cincy, uh, Mm -hmm. like, it really – took the league like the league took notice about it and the league took action on it i really think it's made the game worse and you you can listen to peyton manning you can listen to tom brady like they've like people have just said like the game's not as fun anymore it's not as good of a product so until the nfl makes a change i really think like the state of football is in like really bad hands like not as a sport but like the nfl as a product as a viewing product like it's really not that fun to watch anymore what do you think about that
0: I think that's a fair take, and I think um, like there's a, there is a lot of time that is take. That's my thing with baseball too. Like I love football, and obviously I think baseball is great to watch in person. But like there's just the gaps between the plays are what create problems at times. Because like I was at the Oregon football game last night. Like the gaps between drives sometimes just I was just like ah can I, I just want to watch something? I don't want to look up mm. at the TV and watch like i i or a bunch of ads or i don't want to sit there in the stadium and have to just stare at the the ad they have this uh this guy that comes out with a amount of time left that are left on the ads like there's mm-hmm. those have a clock that says two minutes i don't want to have to sit there and have him be the thing on the field like i think the gaps between plays like i understand because like baseball you have to do everything in short bursts like you can't just hit home run you can't just keep swinging over and over again you mm-hmm. got to take some time you got to build up the swing a little bit and if you especially if you're a pitcher too like that shit seems like it would just wreck your arm just throwing that fast for an entire game or at least like seven innings like that would just you got to take time between those pitches but it's it's that's the thing with basketball and volleyball there's like always something happening like the ball is always moving even hockey too so I definitely understand where you're coming from especially in the the world we live in today where I feel like there's um like, I feel like a lot of the the kids our age and younger are really like, they're not very patient. I'm not saying you and I aren't, but like a lot of the, you know, I'd say like the attention span has gone down quite a bit. Like I read somewhere like the average length of a song has gone down. Like you see a lot of shorter songs. You don't see, not a lot of kids these days want to go and watch a movie. Like I'm not a big movie guy. I like shorter things. So I definitely understand it, but I, I also love football. I, uh, I don't know. I get some, um, some joy in the the one yard run plays when the defense does a great job getting the stop. So I think I can, I definitely see your argument here. And I think it's a good one because I think if we might see football, go the route of baseball at some point and like slowly get less and less popular as the generation's attention spans get shorter and shorter, but I still love football. I mean, I, I find myself it, – it is a bit harder for me sometimes to sit and watch a whole game because, like, you know, it's it's sitting there for three hours, three and a half hours sometimes, like especially if it's on TV. Like it's like, oh, I could be doing something that engages me, like going and hang out with a buddy or something. But I still love football. But you, you definitely have a very strong point there. I, I think I think red zone is great though. that That's another thing that's, that's fucking awesome. I miss having red zone. I don't have red zone anymore. And it's just like I don't even watch – whenever the Seahawks aren't playing – I am not watching football anymore. I just look at the scores because it's, it's, I hate having to flip between the channels. Like Red Zone does it for me. And that's what's so beautiful
1: about it. Yeah. No, no question. Red Zone is definitely good. Uh, and then let me touch up on this. So you went to the U of O game, U of O Ducks. Yes. Probably the, the best, I'd probably say that's the best attraction in, in Oregon for sports. Mm hmm. Would you agree? I mean, you kind of have some bias because you go there.
0: Yeah, I, I do have a little bit of bias, but I I'd say so mostly just because like there's I don't know, six, seven home games a year, whereas for like the Blazers, there's like 41. Mm-hmm. So I think like in term, like, you're more likely to be like, oh, there's only six home games a year. I need to go see this U of O game rather than, ah, there's 41 Blazer games a year in Portland. I can just go later. Mm-hmm. So, I'd agree with you there. I think, the, especially the football team, like, it, it's got to be the biggest attraction in Oregon.
1: So, you went, and it was kind of boring? Like, because I understand, like, when, when things actually happen in a football game, especially if you're there and you're live, like – it's crazy especially if it's a home team like in Autzen Stadium mm-hmm. like like U of o fans go crazy right I mean all football fans like all college football fans go crazy but I understand like that that stadium was probably live like when things happen but like you said like there's so much downtime like it's kind of getting to the point where it's like baseball like baseball is just like oh my god like we have to do like, once you're getting done with one inning, the way I see it, because I've been to a couple, like, live baseball games, I'm just like, damn, like, I got to do this eight more times, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to go through this same process, and, like, it takes longer, and then you got the seventh inning stretch, like, it's just so long, and just not a lot of things happening, but when someone cracks a home run, you're like, wow, like, that was dope. It gives you, like, a little adrenaline rush for, like, two seconds, and then you're like, all right, now 30 minutes of just chilling, watching. Yeah. Um, so you went to the game and you, you kind of felt the same thing with like just a lot of pausing and a lot of downtime.
0: I think, yeah, I wouldn't say I was, I was boring. I would say there was a lot of downtime and it's cause they were playing like FCS Stony Brook. So like they're not Stony Brook sucks ass like the Oregon one by 41. Um, oh. and like it, uh, it by the end, by the fourth quarter, when it's like 31 to seven and you know, the other team is not going to win like it does sometimes like you got you watch the clock go down it's like uh, I kind of want it to be over now so like I think it really depends on the opponent too because like I don't know Oregon does not Oregon has a lot of their really fun games this year on the road like they play a lot of better teams on the road so I think I think there are going to be a decent chunk of the home games that are just like not close and like a close football game like it makes the gaps a lot easier to watch because it's like, you're just, you're just there and you're waiting for stuff to happen. And especially when it's like the other the opposing team is on defense. Cause I'm just yelling the whole time. And so I think obviously the gaps are a lot easier to manage when you're in person, but when it's, when it's 31 to seven with 15 minutes left in the game, and the opposing team just really wants to slow the game down for some reason, and they they take the commercial breaks. It do, it, it does get harder to go through sometimes. Yeah, like, I don't, I, 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 This game is over. Please just let the clock hit zero.
1: I, I feel it. Um. So I, I feel like, yeah, like you said, like our attention span, like especially with the new new people in this world, like social media is such a crazy part of our life that, like, uh, yeah, ten, attention span is definitely limiting down but i want to move on to uh i want to talk about the steelers because i've been watching and i cried for a second uh just before we started recording my my steelers lost to the vegas raiders <laughs> uh and my roommate is a raiders fan so it's oh, just god it was just a world of emotions for me but i was uh so i want to start off by saying you know congrats to the steelers we won Week one beat uh, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, my, like, number one podcast that I'm listening to is is Jalen and Jacoby, and they are uh, they like Buffalo for some reason, so every time I had to listen to them, and they were calling my Steelers trash all week <laughs> leading up to the game. So the fact that they won, you know, my Steelers won and pulled it out um, kind of gives me some, like, triumph over my favorite podcasters, you know what I'm saying? But, uh-huh. uh, yeah, my – I really uh I really have like for some reason just a different vision on the Steelers that like nobody else is seeing. Like every time I talk to people, they're like, oh, Steelers are trash, Steelers are trash. And I'm like, yes, but no. Like like yeah, yeah, we are trash, but at the same time, our defense is top one in the league. I don't like I, I'm not even gonna try to sugarcoat. I was gonna try to say top two, but we're not two, but like that's just like two too hard man like we are the best defense in the league we got tj watt we brought in melvin ingram we have stefan to and cameron hayward that is our front four in the bills game we literally just rushed for the entire game and i i'm not even gonna lie i don't even know football that much i play a little madden uh-huh. like i but i'm i honestly i'm not good like i'm so i feel like i don't know football that well but what i do know is if you can rush four. And get to the quarterback like we did, you will win a lot of games because you will have a bunch of people in coverage and you won't have to blitz a lot, so you won't have to gamble a lot. Uh-huh. So you just send four every single time. It's gonna it's gonna wear them down eventually, and you're gonna get some sacks. And we won that game. We made some big plays. TJ Watt got a strip sack. Like our defense is just so brilliantly crazy, and I don't understand how people don't like. We went eleven and zero last year. We went 11-0 and to start the year, and people were still saying the Steelers are trash. And then when we got hurt, like our defense got hurt, Bud Dupree goes down. Absolutely ruined us. Absolutely ruined us. Cam Hayward was spotty in and out of games. Stephon Tua, in and out of games. Like, we were just so beat up, and our secondary couldn't stay together for anything. And we still have Joe Hayden. And we're the best the league. We still have Joe Hayden. Like, if if anyone is a Cleveland Browns fan, they know Joe Hayden, and they know Joe Hayden is not like a great thing to have on your team. Like, I don't understand how we play winning football with Joe Hayden. All right, let's sorry, he's my Dylan Brooks of the Steelers, but yeah, <laughs> uh, we we had like the best defense in the league, and we went 11 and 0 last year, and then our defense got hurt, and people were like, "All right, they're trash," because you know this. We knew this was going to happen. We knew they weren't going to go for a perfect season, so. We get in the playoffs, we suck, right? Big Ben is in in and out. Big Ben this year, I like literally five years ago, I was like, "We got to move on, Big Ben." And somehow he's still here. He's he threw chest. He threw a chest pass today. He threw it like man threw maybe like three spirals today. He threw a chest pass, and (laughs) Najee Harris caught it, and he turned the other way because he didn't know what to do with it. Like (laughs) he was like, "Bro, like just take the." Like it was, it was really annoying. So, don't even get me started on Big Ben. Our offense is terrible. If you want to say the Steelers suck, I will say yes. Our offense is, but I will not take any defensive slander. TJ Watt got hurt today, uh, like early in the second half, so that kind of hurt our chances. I still feel like we should be able to beat the Raiders and play defense against the Raiders without uh-huh. TJ Watt. But uh, yeah, they they beat us. They, they also beat the Ravens. So. Man, I don't know, maybe, maybe the Raiders are just uh, sneaky good this year. But, yeah, uh, Steelers defense, top one in the league. T.J. Watt is the best player in the league, no question. Uh, he got another strip sack today. But, yeah, uh, I just wanted to start off our NFL conversation with uh, my uh, sad rants about the Steelers loss today. No, I think um, – like, I, the Steelers are interesting for me
0: because I think they're going to – I always thought they were like not at what they were piped up to be when they were 11 0 because I, the schedule was not the hardest. I mean, it's still like, it's a big achievement going 11 0. Like that shit is hard to do no matter who you play. Um, but they, they did falter down the stretch. And I mean, the, as you said, the defense is fantastic. I mean, I know they allowed 26 points to the Raiders today, which is, you know, not ideal, but as the Raiders have looked good thus far, somehow. I did not expect that, especially after they traded away their whole offensive line for, like, nothing. I was like, what the fuck are you doing, John Gruden? But um, that's still his offense, dude. It just worries me. So, like, Ben is not that good. Their run game, they, like, do not have a run game. Like, their leading rusher today was Najee Harris with 38 yards on 10 carries, which is – it's not terrible, like, in terms of yards per carry, but, like – if that if that's the production you're going to get from the ground game, and you have a Ben Roethlisberger who cannot throw the ball deep anymore, like it just limits the offense so much. And I think they have a solid receiving core with like Smith, Schuster, and Clay Pool. And I know I'm blanking on a few others. I know there's uh, Deontay Johnson, obviously. Um, but it just it just makes it so hard to to buy into them. Like I think they'll I think they'll definitely contend for a playoff spot. Like I think they're they're a solid team. It's just. it it makes it hard for me to put them as like a Super Bowl contender when their offense just is so like, there's not a lot going on there. You know, how do you feel about the, like, do what, do you think the offense is going to get better? Do you think
1: it's going to kind of stay the same? So let's, let's talk about this. So the receiving core, I really, I really have a stance on this. Like I really think the receiving core is not that bad. Like, Hey, you can say what you want about Juju. I hate the TikTok dance. I don't even have TikTok on my phone. So I just for him having TikTok alone, not even just posting, on it, just him having it. I'm just like, Duck. like, what are we doing? Like people on the team have said, like, grown men do not have tick, like, do not post TikToks. Like, uh-huh. It's obviously like a concern, especially when you're doing it on logos. Like nobody like that. I understand like why like the general public hate Juju, right? I hate Juju. He's not as good as we all thought he was going to be. Uh But let's not get it twisted. Claypool is that man. We took him in the sixth round, or no, we took, we just took, we drafted him uh, a year ago. He is a beast. Like he comes down with catches. He absolutely mossed. Uh, Tredavious White last week, like, and that was a big catch. We needed that. Like, we struggle moving the ball. So, anytime Playpool plays good, like, we play good today. He dropped a couple passes, kind of ruined our mojo. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, I really like Playpool. Uh, Deontay Johnson had a pretty good year last year. Uh, before we went, uh, before Big Ben went down, and then once we skied down the 11 to no slippery slope that we uh-huh. went down uh he stopped me and that's good but um who else we got who else we got uh wow
0: those are those are three big ones i think i mean yeah but
1: so so juju's all right oh we also got eric ebron that's right that's what i wanted to incorporate eric ebron is really nice like super athletic um he can make jump balls like he's a really really bad matchup for linebackers, too, because he's fast and he's big. So Uh um, he he just kind of, like, gives us a a niche that I feel like we haven't had since Heath Miller, which is, like, way back. A lot of people probably don't even know that if you're not a Steelers fan. But um, really having, like, a tight end like that should have made us so much better of an offense already. Like, I feel like we have five people that we can literally spread out anywhere on the field like we can put Iran at wide receiver position we can put Juju I honestly feel like Juju could play tight end like he's big enough he's honestly a beast like he could play tight end we can literally line up our guys put Najee Harris either in the backfield or line him up I, I feel like he's low-key black Christian McCaffrey like that man I feel like he could, we could line him up literally anywhere and he'd be a beast right we have five people who can actually play we just have zero offense, <laughs> offensive line, and we have no quarterback, bro. This man actually sucks. Like, as much as I love Big Ben and like, like all the, all the two chips he's won for us, like all the successful years he's given us, like obviously has a good connection with Mike Tomlin.
0: Mm-hmm. Also love
1: Mike time Mike Tomlin, but it's like dog. We have five people who can actually play really well in in their skill positions but we have zero offensive line and we have zero quarterback. And for the past five years, we haven't done anything to address those two spots. And it's like, like, we're just sitting here waiting. We drafted Najee Harris. Cool. Who's going to block for him? Exactly. Every time, every time he touches the ball, he has someone in his face on the other team. It's like, bro, he's not going to be able to break four tackles every single run. So yeah, he's going to have a lot of games this year. Uh, where he's getting 10 rushes for 30 yards. And, I mean, he caught one touchdown and he dove in. Dude, cool. Like, still only scored, like, 13 points as a team. So, it's going to be a little rough until we improve the offensive line of the quarterback.
0: No, yeah. I mean, you can have as many good skill position players as you want. Like, you could, you could have a freaking all-pro skill position players everywhere. You need a quarterback and you need an offensive line. And I, I think – I don't know. Big Ben, he's not like the worst quarterback in the NFL. Like, he's not terrible. Um, he's top five, though. Top, top five
1: worst? Yeah, I top thought you are saying
0: best for a sec? I was like, what are you on no, right no, now? No, he's top that. five
1: worst. He's top five worst. I could probably name him right now. Um, just off the top of my head, I'm going Tua. So I'm going off of, like, this year, like, what have I seen? Tua, I feel like, is the worst quarterback of the league. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I know he got hurt today. Praise up for Tua. I hope they trade for Deshaun Watson. Like, I don't know. Like, I know people are like, ah, Deshaun Watson should never play again. It's like, I I like to say proven until guilty or, or uh, <laughs> until proven guilty. Uh-huh. Um. So, you know, obviously if he did what he did, it's like, all right, you should never play. Yeah. But if he hasn't done it, then – I believe he would be a great fit on Miami. Um, I also have him on a couple of fantasy teams sitting on the bench. So I would really like for him to play football this year. So it's a little selfish, but um so I'm I'm going Tua. I think okay. Tua's trash. I think Big Ben is definitely in like the top five. I don't know where I'd put him, but I'd put him in the top five. Um I really thought Derek Carr was there. I really thought, but like really? if you be, if you go if you go in to your new home stadium and beat the Ravens on Monday night, and then on a short week you come in at to the Steelers and you beat the Steelers at Heinz Field, can't really put you in the top five worst quarterbacks in the league. Uh, so I'm going Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz for the Indianapolis Colts. I was honestly a believer. I I said Carson Wentz is an absolute beast. He he was the quarterback for the Eagles when they won the championship. Obviously, people give Nick Foles a lot of credit for winning the actual championship game. Uh But Carson Wentz is the one who got him there and had a great season. He was an MVP caliber player until he got hurt. So uh, a lot of people tend to forget that. He is actually trash now. In case you haven't watched football in a couple years, Carson Wentz is absolute dog shit like and I wasn't even going to curse on this but literally watching him like hurts my eyes and I'm very glad I didn't draft any Indianapolis Colts on my fantasy teams and then for the other two I'm going Matt Ryan Matt Ryan looks like he has fallen off a cliff from his MVP uh, caliber season Uh no no not even MVP caliber MVP just straight up MVP he was uh, uh, the MVP the year they choked in the Super Bowl to Ta- Tom Brady, but uh-huh. yeah, I'm going them four. Uh, t- uh, Matt Ryan literally looks like he's like walking in mud. And then, oh, I need a fifth one, I think I might just go with those four. And then, yeah, if you want to throw
0: Andy Dalton in there, you're not gonna throw Andy Dalton. Oh, in there. I could honestly,
1: I could, but I feel like there's one that's like just worse, and I'm just like. I'm the, uh, yeah, I'll throw Andy. I'll, I'll just throw Andy Dolan in there because I really like Justin Fields today, and I feel like if Justin Fields is making this offense work, then uh Andy Dolan should definitely.
0: No, I think that's a those are those are fair picks. I'd throw a Tyrod Taylor in there just because. Oh no! Nah. Oh no! Nah, Tyrod's yeah. nice. No, okay. no, nah, Tyrod's nice. I. He's all right. I think it's just. Like, there, I would take a few guys over him on that. I'd I honestly take, I don't know. I I might take Big Ben over him. I might take Big Ben over. Now, nah, here's, here's the
1: thing. Here's the thing. People don't understand. Tyrod Taylor is actually that man. If, if it weren't for the doctor messing up Tyrod, Tyrod literally got stabbed with like wrong medicine. T- actual professional training staff stabbed him. <laughs> With the wrong medicine, and not only with the wrong medicine, but in the wrong vein. So it shot his arm out for week one of our 2020 season, thus giving Justin Herbert the starting spot on uh, the Chargers. So without Tyrod Tater's medical staff, we would be talking about how he's uh, battling Justin Herbert for the quarterback position, at least throughout the year and maybe this year a tyrant was nice second people wrote off houston like nothing else like i have never seen the disbelief in a in a football team like people were like penciling them in for zero and 17 instantly obviously they just got whooped by the browns today but uh that was a game they shouldn't have won anyway so uh-huh. in week one they play jacksonville jaguars a lot of people think that's just uh a game for who gets the number one pick in the next draft, which I can honestly see either one of them. But I was very surprised that uh, Tyrod Taylor outperformed Trevor Lawrence, and he whooped Jackson Bill. Yeah, he, he honestly didn't even play that bad against uh, the Cleveland Browns defense today, which is one of the best defenses in the league, um, no question, with Miles Garrett and company. But I'm going, I'm going. Tyrod Taylor's is nice. Like I'm, a, I'm a believer. I, I'm buying stock.
0: Fair enough. I mean, I, I I have never been a huge believer. Even back to his Bills days, I've always thought like he's he's a solid starter. He's a really good backup, but I wouldn't I wouldn't put him like I don't know. I mean, he he I, I he'd probably be right there up in my uh, my worst five. I mean, I, I obviously have to give Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has looked awful thus far. Oh, true. Yeah, <laughs> that's hey, that's one I will forget. I think he had uh, what was it? it was it was four picks today. Four mm. picks. Yeah. At one point, he oh. Had four-
1: let me uh, let me uh, uh throw Jameis back in there because I know the Jameis Slander is gonna come in. And I'm not saying he's a top five worst, but that man is very close out the league. Like I know he did his thing against Green Bay week one. Everyone was like, Oh, Jameis is the GOAT. Now we actually now we can actually see. Like he like people were saying, like he couldn't see. He had to get cataract surgery because he couldn't, couldn't see. That's why he was dropping five picks a game. Jameis gets cataract surgery. Jameis is named the starter. He's working with Sean Payton. He's got Alvin Kamara in the backfield. Like, perfect situation. He's got a great defense. Man through, I think, five? Maybe it might have been four picks today. Uh, Absolutely atrocious. Like, he looked like he can't see again. Like, I don't know... I don't know why this became a story after he got cataract surgery, but it definitely should have been a story like when he got drafted or, you know, uh-huh. just any yeah. point in his career that he couldn't see. Um, so he gets cataract surgery before this year has a great game goes 35 to zero or 35 to three against the green Bay Packers against Aaron Rodgers, former MVP. You know what I'm saying? comes into this game and literally like is getting sacked and just chucks it. Just. Ah, there's Jameis. So, I'm just saying, like, Jameis isn't in the top five worst since he played so well. And we can see, like, he's got, like, potential. But Uh definitely Jameis is on watch list for for top five worst.
0: No, I think he's interesting because uh, I have no idea what to make of that guy because he can just go out and – or he can literally do those things in the same game. Like, he could probably have three awesome touchdown throws and three terrible picks in the same freaking game. So – he is just so, he's so weird to watch and just predict. So I, I'm going to give him a couple more games because I, I the, I'm going to think these are both outliers. Like I think he's going to stay somewhere in the middle and like be good at times, really bad at times. But I am curious, Martin, who, who do you think is going to win the Steelers division this year?
1: Oh, it's uh, your yeah, yeah division. So we're talking just the four teams, right? Yep. football is always hard for me because in basketball, it's easy. It's just like a conference. We just talk about conference. But Uh football, it's like the division actually matters. Um, So, division-wise, I got the Steelers, 100%. I don't think the Ravens are actually as good as people think they are. Um, I think Lamar – well, especially with the blow-up, the absolute Thanos snap that happened in the running back room of the Ravens, like – Goddamn, damn, they lost everybody, and now they're just bringing in whatever misfits they can find. They they get in Le'Veon Bell. What is this? What is this year five post Steelers? Like this man is actually like he's just bad. Like Le'Veon has not shown he can play NFL football anymore. Um, Who they bring in? They brought in. Uh, Let me look just just scrubs. They just yep. like they just brought in old wash. Like anyone who's on the free agent market. Um, I'm surprised they didn't bring in Shady McCoy actually. Uh Lashawn McCoy, like honestly, he's been bounced around. Like, here's my thing. If you can't work in uh Andy Reid's Chiefs offense, then you can't work anywhere in the NFL because Andy Reid will make any Chiefs running back actually good and viable. If you can't uh-huh. work with him, you're not an NFL running back. So he's had Shady McCoy. He didn't do nothing. He just won a Super Bowl with them. Or, or sorry, he just won a Super Bowl with the Pets, but he was on uh the Chiefs for a while. I think no, he won one with them too. Um they bring in Le'Veon Bell for the Chiefs, too. He was trash. So I'm not a believer on uh, the running game in uh, Baltimore. Uh-huh. But here's the thing. They have Lamar Jackson, who's the best running back in the league. He is the most untouchable, not even untackleable, untouchable player in the league. Um, but that's my biggest critique of Lamar Jackson's. He's the best running back in the league. He's not the best quarterback. Um, I know he's just coming off an MVP two years ago, but uh, I don't think he's anywhere close to Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes has him by leaps and bounds. Uh, and if we're talking about the division, I honestly feel like Cleveland is a way better team than the Ravens. And I think, uh, since Cleveland is just not proven yet, the Steelers are proven like our defense will lock you down, our defense will mess you up. Uh, Ravens are. on defense they're mediocre like for how bad we were today on the Raiders the Raiders put up 34 on the Ravens and just beat them on an absolute blown coverage so it's like Mm. their defense is not like the Ray Lewis days anymore we're not talking about um, Ed Reed and and honestly all they have is Calais Campbell Like Calais Campbell in the middle is going to wreak havoc on a couple runs other than that the defense is shot like Marlon Humphrey can guard stuff, but it's like, you got one quarterback, you don't have any depth. So I think the Ravens aren't as good as people think they are. I think Lamar throws for 200 or less. Most of his games. And it's just, it's not a balanced enough attack. Like you gotta be able to throw the ball. If you want to run the ball. Now, if he figures out how to throw the ball, it's going to be very scary until Uh then, until then I'm not sold. Uh, Ravens are going to be third um obviously cincinnati is not even in the question i don't people were like oh joe burrow no joe burrow not yet once he gets a line once he gets an offensive line i'll maybe think about joe burrow but until then we're waiting and then the browns i feel like just aren't proving it like baker mayfield um i love their team though like dude kareem hunt Is your second running back, that would be a starting running back for literally anyone in the league. Mm -hmm. Where Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt by themselves, I feel like equal Lamar Jackson. And then you just have so many weapons. Like defensively, obviously the defense is stout. They got Miles Garrett. They just got a bunch of beasts all over the defense. Offensively, they have Odell Beckham Jr. who hasn't come back yet. Once he comes back, like we'll see. Like if Odell can produce actually going to be scary hours for the league. They got Jarvis Landry. They got uh, Njoku, Austin Hooper, and they got one more. I'm, I'm missing something. But they have two really great running backs. They have a all-right quarterback, and they have absolute weapons on the field. And then defensively, they got Miles Garrett. So it's like the Cleveland's going to be a beast. I think it's uh, the division is up to Steelers and – the Browns, but I'm going with Steelers.
0: See, i take the Browns there. I, I think it really depends for me because I, I would – I. it's just, just the question of Baker Mayfield because when he plays well, that team is borderline unbeatable. Like, they're so hard to stop. But he, he's just not a guarantee to play well. He's just very hit or miss. Um, So, they're interesting. I, I think – I do think the Steelers are going to be a little better than everybody says because I know everybody's writing them off, but – I mean, they have a fantastic defense, and they have some weapons. They don't have an O-line to block for said weapons, as we both said, but they have weapons. So I, I'd, I'd say the Browns will go further in the playoffs, but I, I I could see your take of them them losing the division just because Steelers have a lot of experience. Browns this is like, I don't know, their first season with, like, real expect, like Super Bowl expectations probably ever. So they got to deal with those. They got to deal with
1: those. Um, Browns back in the day were filthy. Don't get it twisted. When, that, when the NFL started, when it wasn't even the NFL yet, Browns are filthy. Uh, but, yeah, that
0: was before the Super Bowl. That was yeah. even before the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, But, yeah,
1: you're right. Uh, this is definitely their first time where it's like if we don't make it to the second round in the playoffs, it's a bust. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? But uh, definitely I would 100% say Cleveland is a better playoff team. Way more well-balanced than the Steelers. 100%. I'm saying like Win the division like best record, best regular season record. I'm going serious. Yeah.
0: No, no, I, I get you there. Um. Uh, Marty, is there anything else that you want to touch on? We've been talking for like an hour and a half by now.
1: I know it's it's been pretty quick. Uh, I know. Uh, let me let me see let me see. Uh, yeah. Oh, I do because I when I used to listen to your podcast, there was one with Brian Warner on there, and you guys <laughs> talked about Kanye. Oh yeah. I want to talk music. I want to talk. Let's music do it. Hell yeah. So music, like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a big music guy. Like I don't really know a lot, especially like I'm very casual when I listen, like when I listen, I listen to the lyrics and I rap it or I sing it. You know what I mean? I, I don't like deep think about it. I'm like, what did he just say? What did she just say? Type, and like try to try to digest in it. I leave that up to genius. Other than that, I don't I don't know like the meaning behind it. So I understand like the Kanye album is for his mom, obviously like the title of it. But I just like I didn't listen to it enough where I was like getting the message, and I really just did not like the fact that it was just like gospel. I don't think it was a good rap album because I don't think you can classify it as a rap album. And for Kanye, in my mind, being a rapper, I don't think he made a good album. So. I'm not saying that there's not good songs. I'm saying there's not songs that I would listen to because I listen to rap. Like I, li- like I've listened to like, there's like three country songs that I have ever in my playlist and uh, I can name them right now. It's bachelorettes on Broadway. Uh, fuck dude. What's the other one? Oh man. I just cursed. It's okay. uh, <laughs> um, there's like three songs that I, that I listen to for country. So like, I listen to rap, 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 R&B, and this is just not a rap or R&B uh, album, so I didn't like it, but I'd like to hear your thoughts.
0: I am a big fan of this album, actually. Um, I think the big thing for me, like I, I, I'd say I, say I listen to a lot of music, but I also don't really, like, I'm more of, if it sounds good to me, then I dig it. Like, I don't dig into if the If the lyrics suck, I hate it. Like, I mean... I, you know, if there's an Eminem song and he has some really stupid lyrics that stick out to me because that's what he's known for, like Eminem is the lyric guy, then I yeah, might yeah. be like, all right, I don't want to hear this. But um, like if it sounds good to me, I, I I dig it. And I think his his last album before this one, the really gospel one, like I still enjoyed that one, but I think it was it was it does not have the same replay value. I think he does a much better job on this one of weaving talking about Jesus which you know i'm i'm I, if he wants to talk about it he can talk about whatever he wants to talk about that man is worth like a billion dollars so i don't care but it's not my cup of tea personally but i still i enjoy the way he he tied it into rap like he had some fantastic features on there he had some of his best rapping in a while on like off the grid and Jesus lord like i have i haven't heard kanye rap like that in like 5 years and i know he didn't do it throughout the album But I think I, I really, I really, I I, I really enjoyed the album. I think um, it was great to hear Jay-Z on there. You know, you had like, it was a nice mix of like the more guys that came before Kanye. You had like Jay-Z, you had, um, you had uh, Jay Electronica on there. You had the Locks on there. You had some great, you know rapping, rapping features, and then you had some of the newer guys. You had, like, Roddy Rich on there who had a fantastic feature. You had Lil Durk. You had Lil Baby.
1: So... Hey, wait. uh, Speaking of, like, the features, uh, my man Fabio, he went stupid. That was, like, the only good (laughs) verse. That was the only, like, rap verse on there that I really enjoyed. Oh,
0: really? Yeah, I I love that one. I think... um, You don't like the Playboy Cardi verse on that song? No.
1: Are you not a Cardi guy? I stopped listening to Cardi once I... uh, grew big boy pants in uh 2017
0: you know that's that's something i'm gonna have to disagree with you on i'm a huge cardi fan i love his shit once but... he stopped
1: speaking english i i stopped listening but he that's... never really spoke english but like i could vibe with it when it was like new and then uh-huh. now that it's not new it's just like doug like speak please and that's yourself so...
0: <laughs> that's fair enough that's very fair i i understand that um but yeah that five year verse is great i think um I don't know. I, I was just a big fan of it because I have been, I had, I watched all the listing parties of it. So I was, I'm just a big Kanye guy. So I think I'm more inclined to adapt to his sound a little bit, but I, I can understand where you're coming from. It's he's, I feel like he's not, he's not in that rapping mindset anymore. Like he still does. I mean, uh, he's, he seems to be moving back in that direction a little bit. Um, but like, I think he's got, he wants to portray the message of God a little more mm. than, you know, talk his shit on a song yeah, yeah. so i i understand that i am it, this is my favorite album that came out this year though Like i love this album so much i haven't listened
1: to it a lot um, So it's it's better than the drake album that's really where i want to get at here
0: oh man dude i am i am probably one of the biggest drake stands you can find out there but i this drake album it's just i he doesn't like I, I'm curious, you. I want to hear your thoughts on it first. Give me your thoughts on the Drake album.
1: So I I wouldn't call myself a Drake stan. So the dude I used to do the podcast with, Jace McCain, he loves Drake. Like he like, oh bro, it was like, oh, whenever we had a topic about Drake, it was just like it, it, he just wanted to stop talking. We we had uh-huh. to, we had to go to commercial a lot. So <laughs> me personally, like I don't love like like I'm not like. I know everything about Drake's life, like that type of thing. But like, there are just songs like all throughout like his career that I've just been like, all right, this is an ad, you know, this is an ad. Like these are, these are songs that I'll like put in my playlist. Right. Because he just has like so much range of like what he does. Like it's like, personally, I really like old Drake rap, but I really love like the past couple albums, new Drake r and I'm not a big fan of his rapping. Kind of same thing with Kanye, like that's just kind of something you like grow up out of. Like you can only talk about the hoes you f every weekend and the boats you got, and so it kind of like moves on to like more. I don't know. I feel like more mature and like like more into your feelings type stuff, and that's where I think Drake really excels. So I really love like R and B Drake, but I'm not a big fan of Drake rapping, and even like on his old rap, like. I'm not like, this is like a top five rapper of all time. I really love his R&B. So I, I always like to say he's the best artist in the game, but I don't like saying he's the best rapper because I personally like other rappers. Um, so uh, before we talk about certified love, I want to, I want to talk about Scorpion because I feel like people did not really like this album because it was more R&B. Uh, uh-huh. it, well, it, was a, it was an R&B and rap album. I only liked like two of the, two of the, uh of the uh rap songs so i really liked mob ties and i uh-huh. really liked um non-stop before it, it like became like once like lebron started dancing to it i was like all right i, I can't really listen to this literally <laughs> like literally all of the r&b like i just fucking love so much like his r&b went so crazy on the album so i just want to spot that out first but the new album certified love boy right I thought like first listen to it i was like oh my god this is terrible like i really felt like it was repetitive like i didn't really like it uh-huh. and then i listened to it more and more and more and so the, the first time i listened to it the only song that i instantly added and this is usually how i just listen to albums like i just listen to it once if i like it i'll like i'll i'll do it like before i'm doing something so i'll do it like if i'm gonna go door and so i'm just driving around you know i have like two hours of my time to give to an album so i'll just listen to it once every song gets one um, if I if I'm like headbanging into it, I'm like, all right, I'll add it. You know what I mean? First song, first song that I liked was uh, get along better with Ty Dollar Sign. And I actually hate Ty Dollar Sign. So I was like, when I saw that it was his feature, I was like, oh wow, but you really can't tell it's like a Ty dollar sign song. Honestly, no, he's he has, barely on it. Barely yeah, on. <laughs> he's just kind of like in the background for it. So that's why I really liked it. Um he did ad libs, so it was pretty great. That one is just like super toxic though. And I was like kind of going through something that I like could relate to. So uh so I really like I really like that one. Other than that, I didn't really like any of them. Then I listened to it like four more times and I was like, I was like, all right, all right. I really like the one with Rick Ross and Lil Wayne. That was uh, great. And I really like 7am, because any anytime Drake puts an AM on a title, mm-hmm. you know it's fire. Um and then uh, Girls Want Girls with little Baby. It was like addable, but I was like, I was like, uh, like I was hesitant on the ad. Uh-huh. Um, so overall, like, I mean, I liked five songs out of 21. So uh, I'd say that's like a good album, but I'm not saying it's like people are like, oh, Drake's the best thing to ever happen on the planet. It's like, yeah, like it, it's a good album. Uh, and I'm not going to say like anything more about it than that. No, I think
0: I'm in a similar boat as you. Like, I think Drake has a formula he kind of does at this point. Like with it, because he just makes the albums really long because he wants the streaming money. Um, And he has, he's, I think he's very capable of making a great song. Like he, if he really wanted to, he could put out a 15 track album that was that is fantastic. It's just he doesn't want to do it anymore. So like there, there are moments on Certified Lover Boy. Like, the ones you mentioned were some of my favorites. I also really liked Fair Trade. Fair Trade is great. Champagne Poetry is great. But, and, like, I I, I am a big fan of r Drake, too. I think, I wouldn't say new r Drake is better because I also love old r and Drake, too. But I think he stayed consistently good at that, whereas his rapping is just kind of declining slowly because he just cares more about making a hit song, I think, mm-hmm. than just, like, make make it some really hard verses. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know, just some of the song, like I think listening to this album as a whole is a lot different than picking and choosing songs because like I would listen to it as a whole and it would kind of drag on to me at times. Like some of the songs on there, like, you know, you got to, I did not like the one with Lil Durk that much. Mm -hmm. Um, The uh, fucking fans, I hated that Mm -hmm. song. That song was terrible. The one with Thames was not very good either. But like, and, like, I just felt like a lot of the album kind of, like, it just took forever when I was listening to it as yeah. a whole. But, like, I went back and listened to some of the songs I didn't like very much. Or, like, not the ones I named, but, like, I had some I, I liked, but I didn't love. Like, the one with Jay-Z I liked, but I didn't love. And I went yeah. back and listened to it, and it was great on its own. So, I think these the, a lot of the songs got a lot better, with and not in the context of the album, which is not something you want in an album, I think. That is not... That is just a bad quality to have. So I think it was disappointing because Drake had three years to do this, and so I was expecting some really awesome stuff. Because that's the longest he's taken between projects. And to think of this is what we got for three years of waiting is not worth it. But still, still a good album. You know, nothing crazy. So I'm in the same boat as you. I think, Martin. I'm, uh, but I'm also curious. Who do you? Who
1: else do you like to listen to? Okay, so I am a big like old school hip-hop so right now the only dude like i really listen to like anytime he drops anything anytime anything happens like the man i listen to and just like preach everything he says is t grizzly so i know you're like what the like you know that's that's what everyone says but like dog when, when he just starts like spitting and i know every word to like goddamn every song like I, it's just, like, gets me feeling, like, different type of way. Like, I get, like, a blood in, in my boil, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. I just, like, I just get going off T-Grizzly. So, right now, T-Grizzly is, like, whatever he drops, I'm listening to. And I'm, like, the biggest fan of him. I've been, like, in the top 1% of Spotify listening to him, like, every year for the past, like, five years. So, like, I, I take a screenshot of it every year. I'm, like, yep, yep, Spotify knows me. Yeah. Um, and so that's my guy but like okay. i'm more like I, I i really like old old music um uh, like biggie i think is the best rapper of all time people are like but eh, he didn't do it longevity and i'm like right. still i i believe he's the best rapper of all time for like what he gave us in the short okay. amount of time um i'm not a big fan of tupac i'm not gonna lie but uh yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't say i listen to him I really love Warren G. Okay. Song Regulators is, like, my dad's favorite. That's, like, his anthem. So, like, that kind of rubbed off on me. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, Warren G, I really like him. Uh, Biggie, it goes Biggie. I really like Lil Wayne. Okay. Um, Jay-Z. And then there's got to be, like, oh, wait. I can oh, Nas. Yeah, yeah. Anytime Nas. Because Nas has been dropping actual like albums like recently like he, uh-huh. he dropped king's disease one two and three all in like 2021 so he's uh he's been dropping a lot and I, i've really been liking everything he's putting out like especially his um anytime he's got like uh r&b people on it like he had one with blast on his last album uh-huh. uh which i'm not a big blast guy but like blast as a feature is amazing uh, Charlie Wilson. Like I don't know. Oh yeah. I don't even know who Charlie Wilson is, but Charlie Wilson keeps putting out putting out good songs whenever uh he's on uh Nas album but I really like uh Benny the butcher right now. Yeah I'm listening to I'm just kind of scrolling through like who I'm listening to like Pop Smoke. I started listening to him after he died. I'm not a, I'm not really ashamed to say it. Like okay. Uh I didn't know really who he was until he died and then once people showed me him i was like oh, okay this guy's actually really good uh-huh. um really really like young thug like i got into like a two-week period this summer where i was just only listening to young thug and i was Santa! Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like just he's like he was like the original playboy cardi where it's just like he was not speaking english but it was just such a vibe and he just could not like you could not, you could not listen to Young Thug without like singing or like rapping Young Thug. So, uh-huh. um, so I don't really have like a top five, but I just like Biggie and and T Grizzly. Okay, I love just their voice. Like, I I feel like I have a really deep voice, and whenever I'm just like rapping those songs, I feel like I feel like I am Biggie and I am T Grizzly. So like, it gives me like my voice gives me like. Their confidence to be like them, I want to be them. Uh, I also listen to Flatbush Zombies, I don't know, okay, if you know them. I know of uh, them, yeah. I went to a concert actually in Eugene where you go to school, uh, and that was my first and only concert. I'm not a big concert guy, I feel like if I can listen to you at home for free, I just shouldn't have to pay to go listen to you live when uh-huh. I don't, I don't even like crowds either, so uh. Uh, they have a dude in their group called Michi Darko, and he's got a oh, he's got a real deep voice. Like, like anytime he comes on a track, like I really don't like the song until he comes on a track. Like, his voice goes crazy. Uh, so pretty much anyone with a deep voice uh, can uh, can really sell it for me. So I'd probably say like my top five. Oh yeah, my top five. I'm gonna have to go T Grizzly. This is just personal. T Grizzly. Okay. Biggie. I like Drake. I think Drake just has consistent music. He's somehow always in my playlist. Um, I'm actually gonna switch this up and I'm gonna say Kodak because I grew up on Kodak. He taught me okay. like, how, to, how to like talk. Like I would I'm like pretty enunciated right now, but like usually like when I'm just talking, I will slur everything. And I got that strictly off of Kodak in high school. And then I'm actually gonna go young thug. Like, Young Thug is at, like, honestly, he's just been there. Same thing like Drake. Like, he's just always in my playlist somewhere. Like, he always finds a way to make a good song. It's not always, like, the best song. Like, he doesn't make, like... Actually, I take that back. He makes, like, best... Like, he makes great songs, but he doesn't have, like, a lot of, like, good songs. That you're like, all right, this is a good song. Like, there's good lyrics. There's good meaning in this. I can listen to it. He just has, like, bops. That's what, that's what I think. But, like... Uh-huh. He only has a like I could probably count him on two hands, how many bops he has, but like I just think they're so good that he's gotta be in my top five.
0: Okay. I I, I like the picks, man. I think those are all very can't disagree. I, I don't know if I ever heard T Grizzly name with top five, but I respect that. I respect that, dude. That's that's fire. Like hey, I- that's that's why he's the intro and the
1: outro. I want yeah, I want the same stuff. Hey, hey, and I, let me give an honorable mention to YNW Melly. He just got out of jail. He dropped a project. I still haven't listened to it. I need to listen to it. That just reminded me. I will listen to it tonight. But YNW okay. uh, Melly, anytime he hops on a track with T Grizzly, I'm telling you, just listen to it. Just listen to it, and it'll spiritually move you. That is the best duo in the rap game.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. But yeah, man, I you know, you got some good picks. I can't lie can't lie um it's for i don't know i guess i i i i'm trying to think of who i've been listening to recently let oh me, yeah who you look. listen to let me look i'm a yeah. big ben i'm a big griselda guy so benny okay. the butcher west side gun of course conway the machine uh been bumping some boldy james they're um, really
1: reviving new york rap, like east coast rap. It, it really feels like there's a style now
0: i know it's 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 freaking awesome i, I it's great i i love their style i think um it's like it's very reminiscent of like you know New York rap, as you said, but it's, they kind of put their own twist on it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really grimy sounding, and I, I love that. Um listening to some some common recently, actually. Been checking out some common. I highly recommend he's out of Chicago. Fantastic. Um, very he's very old now. He's like 40 now. Very old in terms of rappers. Um mm. Freddie Gibbs has been getting some play from me. He just
1: um, he just dropped a new album. Have you listened to that? Freddie Gibbs? Yeah. I think so. I like to screenshot it. That's one other thing I also had to do tonight. I had to listen to Freddie Gibbs album. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I'll I need to check that out tonight too. Cause I love Freddie Gibbs. I uh he's he's his his flow is awesome. His his mm-hmm. voice is great, his beat selection. He he whenever he works for the top tier producer, he always yeah. makes heat. Um, he, he did a
1: song with uh um Cordae.
0: Corday, yeah, yeah, Nons. really. Really good, really good. That song is great. I, I, mean, he can hop on any track and he can sound mm-hmm. freaking great. So, he is so. He's. I wouldn't say versatile because like mm-hmm. he he has a similar sound in a lot of his stuff. I think he's he's really good at doing what he does, but like he can adapt it to any beat, which is a great quality to have. Um, mm-hmm. obviously a big Kanye guy. I'm a big Young Thug guy as well. I have freaking Jeffrey right there. I love okay. that album so much. Yep. Um. I uh, Drake used to be in my top, like my top two, but mm-hmm. like I've just I've just been slowly moving away from Drake because I don't know I just I want I want to see him like switch it up a little bit sometimes and he doesn't really do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, big Outcast guy, I I love mm-hmm. Andre three thousand. I love Big Boy. Um, obviously Kendrick, I'm a large Kendrick guy now. I I was not a big Kendrick fan for a while, but I, after listening to his stuff a few times it got better and better each time. And there's, mm-hmm. just, it's, it just took a sec, but Kendrick is awesome. Um, Kendrick
1: is hard too because it's like, so I listened to like, there was one song that I literally like, it was like my leaving of Oregon uh-huh. when I was moving down here my freshman year. Uh, I'm, I'm on the plane and I'm listening, you know, just listen to my music and you know, that nine minute song, uh, sing about me yeah 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 yeah. uh so that comes on and so nine minute song so it literally played like the entire time we were uh we were like the plane was our like it was ready the lady was like "Ah, ding we're about to take off hung up we were like pulling out and then we're like starting to lift off literally that entire like nine minutes that song was playing and so i'm just like literally crying like i'm like oh my god and then uh in class like the next semester I was taking a class and she was like all right we got to break down um some songs uh here are some artists that you can like or here's some like songs that you can choose from and one of those was like literally that entire Kendrick album was like every single one of them had like a had a meaning to it
0: uh-huh. and so
1: so I listened and I read like um just genius and the meaning behind that song and I'm like Cause you know how have like in the intro and the outro, you know, they're talking about like uh holy water or I think only in the outro, they're, they're talking about like holy water and like it's Jesus. And I, I honestly thought that was just like a clip that he just put in there. Cause I don't listen to music like that. Like I don't listen to like, it has a meaning. I just listen to like the lyrics and I'm like, I just sing the lyrics, you know, if uh-huh. it's got a groovy tune. I sing the lyrics, you know what I mean? And once I found out that song, I was like, damn, I really cried about that song for no reason. Like that song has so much more meaning. And And I'm really crying about it for the wrong reason. You know what I mean? So I have a little connection to that song. But other than that, like I don't really listen to Kendrick because it it just makes you think too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, like every lyric you're like, you could rap it and then you're like, wait, but what does that mean? And Uh I just, I don't like, there's some people who are like, I love that about Kendrick. And I'm personally just like, it's a lot of work. I just want to listen to music.
0: Uh Uh-huh. So yeah, I think I'm kind of in both. Like I I can Mm -hmm. respect that quality, but like, some of his beats, man, some of his freaking flows, I just like, I can just sit there and vibe to them and they're just fantastic. So I, I, I think he, he's able to do it both somehow. That's a really tough skill to have. Usually some guys can, they, they focus way too much on the lyrics and not enough on how everything sounds around the lyrics, but, and other guys put nothing into lyrics, which is fine. Cause you know, I, sometimes it's just fucking awesome to just not think about it and just listen to music. And just absorb it, but I think Kendrick balances that really well. So that's that's just my take on that. But any anything else you want to talk about, Marty? No, dude,
1: I, I think we killed it. I think uh, I'm gonna save I'm gonna save a couple topics, you know, uh, for for another time because I really enjoyed this. I I feel like this was a very nice pod.
0: Yeah, dude, it was great to talk to you again. I have not had a full conversation with you, and like I don't know, it might have been since we played freaking rec league in high school. Yeah, like way back. I but, don't know if
1: we've ever had, like, a real, like, full, like, actual conversation, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's like, have been the... <laughs> we're like, we, we we always knew each other. We always knew about each other, but we never, like, we never sat down and like, chatted. You know what I'm saying?
0: Uh-huh. No, nah, dude, yeah. This I, is I, good. We'll definitely this, do this again. This is great. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll i put you on my repeat guest list. I'd love to have you back on, man. This was freaking awesome. Thank you.
1: All right. Absolutely, brother.
0: Um, and then for all you listeners out there, you know, check you know keep keep listening do the 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 thing where you give me streams um i'll be back next week i don't know who i'm having on somebody who has wants to talk about something i'm sure uh it might be fun I'd, i'd tune in if i was you but thank you to everybody who listens i really appreciate it big thank you to marty for hopping on i'm sure you'll be hearing from him again at some point um And yeah, I hope everybody has a great week. I will see you guys next Sunday.